A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the Norman Bates murders in the film Psycho. Here's what you need to know. It's a cold December night when the young secretary, Marion Crane, takes a wrong turn and finds herself in front of a flickering sign reading the Bates Motel. She had experienced the most stressful day of her life, but now she could relax for the night. Just one day earlier, she'd been in a downtown Phoenix hotel, wrapped in her lover's arms, lamenting that they'd never be able to marry because of his debts. When she returned to work at the real estate office, a drunken, loudmouth client flaunted $40,000 in cash, which he was using for a new home. Marion's boss instructed her to deposit the $40,000 at a bank, but Marion had other plans. Instead, she packed a suitcase, took the cash, and headed to Fairvale, California to share her new fortune with her lover, Sam. 
after narrowly evading a suspicious state trooper and trading her car in for a used Ford at a local dealership, Marion was relieved to find shelter at the dimly lit motel. There, the nervous but friendly innkeeper, Norman Bates, checks Marion in and invites her to dinner. While settling into her room, Marion overhears a disturbing argument between Norman and his mother. Later that evening, Norman admits to Marion that he has a strained relationship with his mother. Marion returns to her cabin, resolved to return to Phoenix with the money. As she washes her guilt away in the shower, a shadowy figure appears. Viciously stabbing Marion as her blood washes down the drain. Norman discovers a trail of blood at his house and finds Marion's body in the shower. Horrified, he quickly cleans up the crime scene, puts the body and belongings, including the stolen money, into the trunk of her car, rolls it into a swamp, and anxiously waits as it sinks beneath the surface. A week later, Lila Crane confronts Marion's lover, Sam Loomis, about her missing sister. A private detective named Arbogast confirms Marion is suspected of stealing $40,000 from her employer. Arbogast arrives to investigate the Bates Motel and demands to see Norman's mother. Stammering, Norman refuses, arousing Arbogast's suspicions. He calls Sam and Lila to check in and then makes his way up to the Bates residence. Upon entering the home, a figure emerges and stabs Arbogast. Fearing something has happened to Arbogast, Sam and Lila speak with the local sheriff. He tells them that Mrs. Norma Bates died 10 years ago, along with her lover, in a murder-suicide. Back at the house, Norman carries his mother down to the cellar for safety as she protests. Desperate for answers, Sam and Lila pose as a husband and wife and rent a room at the Bates Motel. While Sam distracts Norman, Lila searches the old house for clues. Meanwhile, Sam begins accusing Norman of stealing the $40,000, and Norman knocks him unconscious before heading back to the house. Lila hides in the cellar and notices Mrs. Bates, sitting in her rocking chair, her back to Lila. Lila taps the woman on the shoulder, only to see the mummified corpse of Norma Bates. She lets out a blood-curdling scream just as Norman Bates dressed in his mother's clothes and a wig, lunges toward her with a knife. Sam appears in the nick of time, just managing to overpower Norman Bates. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats During the film, we see Norman Bates kill Bates' hotel guest, Marion, and private investigator Arbogast, before learning that Norman has also killed his mother and her lover ten years prior. When Psycho was released in 1960, moviegoers were not allowed to enter the theater after the movie had begun. Norma Bates was voiced by three different people, Paul Jasmine, Virginia Gregg, and Jeanette Nolan, in an attempt to give Norma a vaguely uncanny, ambiguous voice. Marion Crane, Norman's first victim, was played by major star Janet Leigh. When she was killed abruptly 47 minutes into the film, audiences were shocked. The concept of a false protagonist had never been utilized in film before. The infamous shower scene took a full week to complete, using fast-cut editing of 78 pieces of film and 70 camera setups. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. 
And our very special guest today is friend, writer, Jack Dolgen. Hi, Jack. Salutations. Hi, salutations. <laughs> Again, hello. <laughs> Jack, thank you so much for being here with us today. It, it, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really long time coming, and it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> so Are you a psychopath? I, know we took, we, <laughs> I wish we could. We had video of how he's holding his mic right now. It's very creepy. My understanding of what this is is that I'm supposed to be psycho. Is that yes. not right? Yes. Did I oh. miss? Okay. I should have read the I missed, email. I haven't yeah. Read it. That's okay. You're not familiar with the format of the show. We get it. Um, I know the show. I'm an avid listener. Jack, you know, we like to start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Mm. And if I know Mm. Jack, and I do, I know there's a lot keeping him up at night. You don't. I don't strike you as a uh, cool as a cucumber type. It is unfair. (laughs) You're like a a, a breaded, uh, like a braided bread. I'll tell you something. A challah bread, if you will. Um, I am concerned about uh, an alarmed by how how corny and cheesy all of culture has become. Oh, That's a little concerning to pray me. Tell. Interesting. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that. Like, you know, we all we're all we're all around the same age uh, and maybe this is just a rite of passage as you get older, as you start you start to not, you know, you have your criticisms. Mm-hmm. But we uh, uh you know, in my in my coming up, we the the purpose of the friend group was to ridicule out all of the lameness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, sure. And it, it was very effective, and and that's how you end up creating stuff. And I feel like that the ridiculing out of lameness is stopped, and now lameness is just very widely accepted, <laughs> and everything is getting very, very corny and cheesy. Is I'm there like about it culturally? Do you have an example of like one no, specific lameness no, that's bothering no, you? No examples. <laughs> no. Just a general just a lameness. This is just a this is not painting with a brush. This is this is throwing the paint. Yes. <laughs> but Jack, it, it sounds like it's just in your friend group. The, there's a lameness. Yeah, maybe you need some new friends. Friend group. <laughs> hey, friends have gotten lamer as we have stopped ridiculing each other. Right. <laughs> but are are you suggesting like for example uh, like the beat poets couldn't kind of exist in society today because they were sort of the cool kids right of the of the 50s or like the french new wave couldn't happen it was like the cool weird art being made is that what you're kind of going for like there, there's not that kind of there isn't that today there's the, exactly those are those are both punk punk rock movements right, right? where's the Where's, Where's the, the punk, punk rock? What's the modern day punk what's rock? The, what's the what's the oh actually all that's really stupid and you know and and corny and lame and here's the real deal well, shit. What's that? I blame that? uh the, the younger generations, really. Um we we're still being punk out here. And uh we're still punk rock. They're they're forcing their <laughs> lame. We sound so old and jaded and lame, honestly. <laughs> No one has ever been more punk rock than Rebecca Delgado yes. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> punk. 
<laughs> well, I mean, this is yes. You were going to say something, Chris, before I transition. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we're going to leave it at that. Um, I don't know, man. You know what? I take it back. Okay, let's continue. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay, because I, I I think I might I also contribute lame stuff to. No, I contribute corn. No, no, Jack, you're Jack, so punk rock. Come on, Jack. corny. You're a punk rock. <laughs> um, imagine this was going to be my my seamless transition. Imagine how Norman Bates felt. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess yes. you're talking about outsiders, right? Yes, and about someone who didn't have any friends except for his mom, mm-hmm. and. Well, uh, that's that, as far as I had thought it through. <laughs> that's a guy. That's a guy that if he had a grimecore band to be in, he wouldn't have murdered. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, actually. Like, I mean, there's a couple of things I want to put on the board right off the okay, bat, based no. on that. Me too. Which is just uh, the homogeny, the homogenous society of like the 19. It took place in the early 60s. 60s yeah. Right? Uh huh. So. You had, like Jack was saying earlier, you had this very, um, you the, you know, there was a very regimented idea of a society member. Mm-hmm. There weren't these subcultures like we have today. And so where does Norman Bates fit in? Where does a taxidermist who uh-huh. likes to, I guess, dress up like his mother and kill people, uh, where does that, uh, spoiler alert, by the way, um, where does that guy fit into society? What What are his outlets? Mm. Well, well, I mean, he's, he's one Reddit thread away from totally pacifying, right? He's one Reddit community, really though. Lack of community. I think Lack yes, absolutely. I was going to say isolation for sure is a big part of it. Wow, let's put both of uh, isolation, uh, lack of community. He definitely was an outsider. He had. I, I don't think he had any friends. Um, and well, he like, said, uh, like we were talking a boy's about. best friend of his, is his mother or something like yes, that. Yes, like, he uh, does say that. that. And that's, that's what makes uh, Marion Crane stand up and say, all right, I I've had go. enough. <laughs> right. She's like, and we're done. I got to go back to Phoenix. I'm and tired. This, <laughs> this sandwich, I'm full. I'm full. I'm full. <laughs> Just to be the name of the number for the police, because I think I'm going to confess something. He bored the confession out of her. Practically speaking, uh, in terms of community, we can blame maybe highway expansion because isn't it true that they move the highway from the motel and they used to be it used to go right by the motel and he hasn't doesn't he say that like oh I used to have a lot more people staying wow that would be the development of the interstates Mm. so the old the old highway, the old smaller highways got uh, kind of abandoned or discarded, and then they built the uh, the interstate system. Right. Uh-huh. So he would have had maybe maybe if there were more people coming to his motel, he would have slipped more slowly. Wow. Into the so madness. a literal isolation, like uh, uh, you you literally couldn't find him because yeah, of expansion. Off. Yeah. I'm just gonna put what, and that uh, feels like de- you know sort of afterthought debris of like expansion right because he 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 was sort of one of these old relics that sort of did not benefit from this expansion it it hurt him and i'm just repeating mm-hmm. what you guys say great 
You're so um, smart, though. I, I don't know if we can put this up on the board, um, but just because you brought up highway expansion, I the for me now, I know there's murder. There are murders that happen in this film. But for me, the most alarming part of the film is when Marion Crane is driving and uh-huh. it starts raining and she mm-hmm. um, you can't see out of the car window what a great effect that was right yeah her pov yes and i i understand that it was meant to be so that later you see the flickering sign of of the bates hotel motel right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but the fact that she didn't pull over to me is the most alarming maybe character uh uh, thing about her is that reckless driving? What is that? Is that reckless? a reckless way to live your Risk-taking? life? You can't see. It's raining so hard. You don't even know if you're on the road still. I mean, right. it's a failing of windshield wiper technology <laughs> at at the highest degree, which, by the way, I'd like to say has not advanced that much since then. Well, windshield wipers are still terrible and ineffective and in and, and insufficient it, why isn't that they do it they come on by themselves but they're not they're, they're still not good but they just turn on on their own that's the that's the development i i have i don't have issues yeah, it's like it's like great this 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 broken coffee maker turns on on itself. Exactly. <laughs> you have it coffee better? at two in the morning uh but I have no issue with the windshield wiper. The only thing is I don't like the timing necessarily. The timing of the intermittent windshield wiper Mm -hmm. rarely matches because rain doesn't come down consistent or it's rare that rain is consistent. Sometimes it'll be a drizzle, but then it shifts. Mm -hmm. So you're having to constantly shift the tempo of the windshield wipers. Uh So to your guys' point... Like, but I do think there is some technology that automatically, like, I think it, it, my experience with the automatic setting is that it either over or under reacts at all times. <laughs> I'm so this is really either going way too fast <laughs> or way too slow, and it's always 30 seconds behind like, mm-hmm. the, the current yeah, status. Yeah, so. Marion Crane, obviously, it's the 60s. Even with this new car she just got at the dealership, it does not come with uh, this uh, automatic windshield technology. No. Um, and she's she's not alarmed. And for me, you know, that is telling. Well, you got to think what's going on in her mind. She just stole so right. much money. Like she's already like she's already done something so risky that at this point, driving in recklessly in the rain is probably just like whatever. Like this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this everything's really easy. I just for her cash. too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything we can put there, but um, I think we're well, better off maybe up... just putting Norman Bates up on the board before we forget. Let's put <laughs> old, wi- old wipers. We'll put old, old wipers. Old wipers on the board. And the actual killer, Norman Bates. Yep. Possible that Norman Bates has something to do with the Norman Bates murders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possibility. Yes. Can I ask the actors among us, which is all three of you? Have you ever seen a movie or done any acting no. anything where someone's <laughs> never seen a movie <laughs> where someone's eyes or your eyes were that wide open that much in a movie? Her eyes, her eyes are yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. her eyes are, and then it's awesome. It's clearly to affect, and then when she dies, you have a close up of her eye wide open. Oh, but yeah. her eyes are just there's very little blinking from her in this performance. Hmm. So I just like to commend it. Yeah, yes. I I've heard of that as a technique. 
uh, to be a more interesting actor on screen, actually. <laughs> like, uh, I, and this is true that you'll, the less you blink, the more interesting you are on camera. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I, I'm a blinking mess. You catch me on, on screen and those lids are going up and down nonstop. Flipping and flopping. <laughs> but I'm serious. I think it's a good now, you call. You know, I'm trying to think of other actors who do that. I feel like Rami uh, Malik. What's that guy's name? The guy. Yes, totally. That guy's always got his eyes way open. <laughs> and he's like, he's got big old eyes. And he's always like, you always feel like he's leaning into his own kind of weirdness a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff kind of turns me off a little bit. But it's effective. He's got a face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, the actors in the is Rami Malik to blame? No, <laughs> I don't think we can put him. Oh, no, right. um, I gotta. You know, again, rewatching this film, it's like that scene with Marion Crane and Norman Bates in the back of you know uh, back of the office is mm. so spectacular. I know that scene is so good. Such good acting, but we digress. We're not here to talk about the movie and how much we like it. No, we're true. here to talk about. We have a job to do. What murders? We're not here Why to this talk happened. about a movie. We're here to talk about the murder that happened within the yeah. movie. We're not <laughs> well, I guess exactly. that's a good point. Should we blame the movie makers? We can't go there, no, right? We, we can't don't go break there, the and we're not wall. doing that. Yeah. We're no. gonna try and perhaps <laughs> blame the mother. Let's put her up on the board. All right. Okay. Now, yes, this is according Norma. to psychiatrist Dr. Fred Richmond's ending monologue in Psycho. Okay. <laughs> you have to go back 10 years to the time when Norman murdered his mother and her lover. Now he was already now he was already dangerously disturbed, had been ever since his father died. His mother was clinging, dema- a clinging, demanding woman. And for years, the two of them lived as if there was no one else in the world. Then she met a man, and it seemed to Norman that she threw him over for this man. Now that pushed him over the line, and he killed them both. When he met his, your, when he met your sister, he was touched by her, aroused by her. He wanted her. That set off the jealous mother, the quote, jealous mother, and mother killed the girl. In Psycho, Norman's mother, Norma, is somehow blamed for both abandoning her son and smothering him. <laughs> Kathleen Rowe uh, Carlin from, uh, wrote in Unruly Girls, Unrepentant Mothers uh, Writers. To be a mother is not an easy task in a culture where mothers can be blamed for being too present or not present enough. We all assume that mothers are associated with nurture, care, love and protection. Yet why are we so fascinated and threatened uh, with threatening mothers who do not fulfill those expectations? Those fantasies around the bad mother are often presented in the horror genre. The theme is so popular that it has become a subgenre, the maternal horror film. In maternal horror films, mothers are depicted as potential dangers for their children. In maternal horror films, the mother often abandons or is abandoned by the father, another element that contributes to the mother becoming dysfunctional. By assuming both the paternal and maternal role, the mother's presence becomes total and the child only has the mother to learn from. Patriarchal society believes that the dysfunctional mother endangers the child's social development by clinging onto him and refusing to cut the mother-child bond. So what do we think about uh, the mother-child bond? Uh... (laughs) Everyone should go watch the movie Serial Mom, which is a great example of maternal horror, if you haven't seen it before. This, mm. It just popped into my mind. 
I Kathleen don't, Turner. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. It's like a comedic horror, really intense. She's like a crazy killer mom. It's great. It's a delicate uh, relationship. And um, if you, uh, you have so much power over someone when you're their parent, right? You are their maker. And, uh, the mother yes. is the literal f- the maker of the person. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> but it's also crazy that we can't walk when we come out. That's stupid. for like a while. Yeah, like a really long time. <laughs> but here's the thing. I just think it's so interesting that he she is blamed for abandoning her son and for smothering him. Well, let's keep in mind, though, what that actually means. She met a dude like she met a guy. It's uh-huh. like you tell me that. Is it, could we really, I mean, this is the pinnacle of victim right. blaming here is what we're doing is she is a well, victim of, <laughs> I yeah, mean, <laughs> but that, but okay. Yes. She is the literal victim of the, of a murder right. technically, uh, <laughs> but, but the real question is, can a mother, a mother's parenting of a child mm-hmm. turn that child into a schizophrenic. That's really what oh, was the root of it. And I would and say that's that's just parenting, you know? Like that it doesn't have to be like a father can do the same thing. It's more like it's like the psychological or emotional abuse. Like that's really what we're getting and, at, right? And the rearer of a child right. turn them exactly. into a villain a murderous schizo. Well, why don't we talk about disassociative identity disorder? All right. Okay. Right. This is what uh, psychiatrist Dr. Fred Richmond's ending monologue uh, refers to uh, as being the problem with Norman Bates. Quote, he had to erase the crime of killing his mother, at least in his own mind. He stole her corpse and that was still wasn't enough. So he began to think and speak for her, give her half his life, so to speak. At times, he could be both personalities, carrying on conversations. At other times, the mother half took over completely. Now, he, w- he has, was never all Norman, but he was often only mother. And because he was so pathologically jealous of her, he assumed that she was jealous of him. Therefore, if he felt a strong attraction to any other woman, the mother's side of him would go wild. Um, This is according to Michael Kennedy uh, from Screen Rant. Norman isn't simply putting on his deceased mother's clothes and killing people. He has an entire second persona in which he truly believes himself to be his mother. This used to be referred to as having multiple personalities, but is today clinically known as disassociative identity disorder. As later films would reveal, this was due to emotionally and physically abusive behavior by Norma Bates, who cultivated a quasi-incestuous relationship with her son and made him feel guilty for experiencing sexual feelings. Thus, when Norman gets turned on, he can't cope and Mother emerges to murder the object of his desire, such as Marion. Jeez. So that's, been, that's a nurture explanation, mm-hmm. right? Versus nature. Yes. That's a, that explanation is that this, uh, this disassociative disorder that he has is, is rooted in his the his the way he was raised, raised right. as opposed to that he was born with it. Now the only thing is you, that you can start to blame Norma a little bit. <laughs> you can start to get there. I I can see that for sure. But um, in Michael Kennedy's screen rant uh, clip here, he says that uh, later films would reveal this is due to emotional 
physically abusive behavior. So, but my question is, you know, which, what is he talking about that the AMC show, uh, Bates Motel or whatever? Uh, possibly any there of the follow-up. Yeah. Some of the sequels. Like, oh, and there like were sequels. The 80s, 90s so I guess my question mm-hmm. is though, like who are we considering to be the creator of the, of these characters? Like are, is it, are we just taking all the stuff that has come out in, in under the name? Or should we, I mean, there's, there's the book original book. So, you know, maybe we could have read that or maybe we can. Each your, is your question couple, that we're just isolating it to the movie? And I what guess my question is movie? that like, you know, we don't really know, I guess based on the movie, what the upbringing was like. Well, that's sure. Yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah, right. Cause he, the, the psychiatrist at the end is, is, yeah, he's kind of this is his hypothesis right, right? he's mm-hmm, not there's mm-hmm. no proof i'll just like to say that if norma is to blame that is circuitous suicide that is a very mm, long right. and circuitous so because they're saying she's to blame in her own death right that's very complicated. She basically created her murderer. Right, right. Whoa. She then executed her murder. I would say not intentional no, no, on no. her on her end that to 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 be the victim of wow. that. Wow. Maybe it's the lack of mental health or the how uh, you know therapy was viewed in the 1960s and the fact that if he had better access to something right. like that, he might have been able to manage his. Yeah, I mean, this is really the the fifties, right? Because this movie was came out in nineteen sixty. Yes. So culturally, sure. this is all like kind of rooted in sure. right the fifties, which you know, to what Chris was saying earlier about like you know the subcultural d- development wasn't really there yet. This is all the problems of the fifties is what created the sixties. So we're talking about you know only just beginning dawnings of psychotherapy mm-hmm. in culture and and it's cool because it's in movie it's in the movie so featured right yeah right. it really is chris maybe you Which can probably- look up while we're doing this just look up um how multiple well it would have been called multiple personalities at the time was treated what was the treatment for multiple personalities in the 50s I incorrectly said schizophrenia. I guess I my this is my lack of knowledge about this kind of thing. Is schiz- is is this dissociative disorder a more nuanced and better and current version of what people would call schizophrenia, or it, it, it wasn't schizophrenia sort of synonymous with multiple personality disorder? Uh, Was that de- I don't know. Um, we we can thing? look that, but we should look that up. Uh, mm-hmm. is- yeah, I think I misused that. Friend. I think they're two separate things. Oh, okay. But but we should ask our expert, right? Yeah. I made sure to to not be too prepared when I came. <laughs> okay, on. okay. Uh, just a quick Google search has told me schizophrenia is not the same as multiple personality disorder, or more accurately, disassociative identity disorder. A person with schizophrenia doesn't have two different personalities. Instead, they have false ideas or have lost touch with reality. Multiple mm. personality disorder is unrelated. So here we know oh, we're learning as great. we go. Great. Apologies to the community. Yeah. Sorry about that. No. Um. What we can maybe call it is what we have in the past, which is uh, untreated mental illness. Mm-hmm. I, um, I put lack of mental health resources, but do you want to say, do you want to add untreated mental illness as well? Untreated. Or is it together. Um, what it is, disassociative uh, identity That's disorder. Okay, perfect. 
which may or may not have been created by Norman. Right. <laughs> we don't possible. know because we didn't read the book. We just saw the movie. <laughs> and, I, I'll tell it, I'll... Yeah, and we didn't read the DSM-5 either because I'm wondering if it's possible to have this disassociative disorder uh, to be born with it, if, they, if we even know that, if that's mm. even something that's possible. That's a good question. Another thing we'll have to ask the the expert. <laughs> no, I, I got to be honest with you guys. The um, you know, mental, as we know, in the fifties, it wasn't great. Um, you know, men, mental health treatments, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of the time, I'm seeing that uh, electroshock therapy was very common. Ooh, yeah, they would sure. just do that That's a couple times a week, just yeah. to wow. zap you into a kind of like. An electric vegetative shock, state. Electroshock therapy was used for pretty much every mental illness. It was, yeah, like menopause. Uh, yeah. What else? Right. Um, yeah. Well, it was a, used a for grump, a grumpy lady. <laughs> grumpy lady. Right. Would Just get it. <laughs> I was. I went down a rabbit hole um, into the actor Anthony Perkins, um, mm. who plays Norman Bates, and he had uh, electric shock, electroshock therapy um, for. Uh, he was going through um, conversion, conversion therapy. Right? therapy. Yes. Mm. So he was an actor who I guess was a very, you know, open as, as open as you could be in those times uh, as an openly gay man. He had multiple like relationships and, and partners. And he, apparently there was this uh, therapist or psychotherapist called Mildred. Oh, I'm forgetting her last name. Mildred Newman, I believe Mildred Newman. And she Mm -hmm. was known for, uh, conversion therapy and he and his partner at the time uh, Groves was his name uh, uh, decided that they wanted to go Gro- through Grover with this Dale? Grover Dale yes go through with this process so that they could um, I guess become straight and quote normal back in the yes 50s, right uh-huh uh, well, wow. this would have been in the 70s. Right, right, right. Um, and yeah. he went through right. electroshock therapy and uh, he couldn't, you know, the, later like couldn't uh, remember lines. Like it really affected oh. him, you know. Uh, and he did end up marrying a woman who strangely, <laughs> this <laughs> Wikipedia page really got weirder <laughs> and weirder <laughs> as, as I read on. Uh died in what she was on one of the planes during 9-11 oh wow so he died in the 90s uh due to um uh complications from aids he had he was hiv positive um or he had aids and then she died in 9-11 on the plane that's a lot of tragedy a lot that is so deep that's a lot of tragedy a lot of which is was was did not need to happen a lot of un unnecessary tragedy yeah yeah conversion therapy is getting banned in a, yes. in a lot of states thankfully i can't believe they're it still just seems like doing it but the, to bring it back to the world that the world that he's living in norman bates like this kind of seems like the real wild wild west of like mental health times mm-hmm. where it's just like uh you're not normal throw them in a men- institution kind of do whatever you you know like we just kind of well, discarded about these it. people mm-hmm. It talks about it that in that scene, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a big uh, monologue. Talking about, yeah, I mean, he has this whole thing about he gets. That's where you first see yeah. Norman, mm-hmm. yes. the, the real yeah. person, is when she brings up maybe your mother needs to be, you know, 
put somewhere mm-hmm. else, and it just sets him off. You yep. see that you, you you sets him off. Yeah, and you see him rant about being uh, you know about mental institutions and about how vicious they are and awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that we're running out of time, so I want to put up uh, edible rage as well on the board. Uh, Not to be confused with with edible arrangement. No. <laughs> different. What is the difference between those two? I, I always get those Not confused. Much. <laughs> um, edible rage. Okay. The best known of Freud's theories about childhood sexuality is named from the mythological king Oedipus, who killed his father and married his mother. As Freud described the complex, uh, a young boy sexually attracted to his mother and as a result he desires to kill his father in order to possess the mother this forbidden desire is then repressed only to return later in neurotic form as norman bates tells marion crane quote a boy's best friend is his mother journalist Bidi shamamada of the guardian said norman bates loves his mother so much that he cannot bear her desire for another man in a fit of jealousy he kills her and her lover he has never grown out of this childlike Oedipal rage. He is ashamed of his sexual desires and projects his self-loathing onto the women he murders. Instead of taking responsibility for murdering women, he blames another woman, his mother. He takes on her guise to inhibit her, and he tells himself in another massive act of prote- projection that in the murders he is acting out of out his mother's jealousy towards the women he desires. A lot of layers happening here. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting um, with uh, these? A lot of these layers are with uh, one thing that's surprisingly underneath a lot of these layers is a guilty conscience. That that he has. There's a lot of like him being guilty and not, not being able to live with himself for mm. having murdered his mom, and so he has to create a split narrative or a split identity. Like he has, he has like a conscience, mm-hmm. but he's. A, serial killer Mm -hmm. right he has to it's like he's um he's coping that's how he copes because he does have a conscience right Mm -hmm. and the coping mechanisms are and but i you know and end up enabling the the murderous yes very complicated very complicated and like he says we all go a little mad sometimes i think what makes the movie so um, I don't know, relatable is that going a little mad sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah. I mean, but just because like Jack <laughs> is saying though, it's like there's an awareness or something of the behavior and it is this weird temporary, you know, emotionally driven kind of transient kind of experience, right? It's not that he's just a looney tune who's going around killing people. It's that he's all, he's a guy, he's a person just like anybody. And it's and and what's what's so great about the movie is that how it how it starts is that um, the the woman uh, she she has a fit of uh, you know what is what would basically it's be like impulse control impulse they, control they, exactly they can't it's control like, these impulses she's like fuck it I'm taking this money it's like and then clearly you know reckoning with that and she sadly before she's able to you know she decides to return the money but then is killed before she can go back. So it, it's the the difference between, you know, Bates who who cleans up after the mess he or his you know his, you know his right. physical he's made, uh, or, or her who you know gets these pangs of guilt and you know she tra- she's like all right I got it let me let me turn around and and bring this money back. 
and you you, you mm. kind of that that is manifest or manifest for her in these monologues that she keeps hearing in her head, right? Right. So mm. she's imagining the conversations that everyone back home is saying about right. her. Right. I mean, it's such a good movie. Yeah, it's great. But it, <laughs> okay, it, the right. impulse control, maybe, maybe impulse control, lack of impulse control is maybe to yeah, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, put yeah. that down. Yeah, collect. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, is there anything else we want to throw on this list before? We get started knocking him off. And just to be clear, we're not putting, we're not including any, the people who created the story that we're talking about. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. Okay. This is a Got story. It. We're treating the story as if it's the factual yeah. events that occurred. You know, I'm going to call mm-hmm. that is the big bang, uh, is the big bang trap. It's like, we can't go, there's a certain line we can't go to. <laughs> That is like, well, we can't blame the Big Bang Theory for create because like, sometimes we do we earthquakes, Jack. Uh, so plate, it's tecton- like, plate tectonics. Yeah, it's like hard to <laughs> figure out who's to blame in an earthquake. And then you start, you, you can't go and blame the Big Bang for creating existence. You know what I mean? So that because of this. Right, and how did that matter get there in the first place? Right, mm-hmm. right. And in this case, there's a similar kind of, I mean, you know, Hitchcock is, or the writer of the book is like a god in a sense. Mm. Okay, mm. great, great. Okay, so... Let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the list. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Who is to blame for Psycho, the Norman Bates murders? Homogenous 1950s society, isolation, 
lack of community, interstate expansion, <laughs> reckless driving, <laughs> old windshield wipers, Norman Bates, Norma Bates, the mother, abusive parenting, untreated disassociative identity disorder, lack of mental health resources, Oedipal rage, going a little mad sometimes, or <laughs> poor in- impulse control. Wow. I would just like to say that poor impulse control is like when you eat a third cookie. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's that's a... So much when you murder for... your mom or lover and two people. Yeah, that does for... assume that we all have that impulse for, all the time. For to me, it's, it's not buying anything on the line waiting to check out at a Nordstrom rack. <laughs> <laughs> They have all that cool stuff and those like... Those little things, tchotchkes you don't need. Yes, caramel popcorn. (laughs) Well, I think, to clear, I think if you add someone's impulse control who already has other mental health, you know, it's like if you're a quote healthy, normal person, yes, your impulse control is I'm not going to have the third cookie. But if you're dealing with bigger demons, you... We all have the thought, what if I killed my friend? You know what I mean? But like, if we do, maybe, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, we do. <laughs> you know, like in a situation like, oh my God, what if I, I, I this, this yes, really no, bad. of I don't want to kill you. I don't want to kill you. I'm just saying, <laughs> you have, we all have the dark thoughts. Like what it's if opening I, opening you know, the door on the highway. Like we all have that yes. like, impulse. Opening f- the door on the highway. Well, I, I, <gasps> I've never thought of that. You don't? No, but it I, doesn't like I pass do imagine, through your mind. No, I imagine car crashes happening to me all the time. Sure. That it's right. a similar thing. It's like it's I, like it's what like if I just drove my car into this pole right now, right? Like, but yeah. the person who's struggling might actually—that's their impulse control. Wow. It's like they would do something like that versus having the third cookie. That seems trivial, but I think to Clayton's point, there's bigger. There are bigger things at play than just the impulse control. Yes. The impulse control okay. feels like a, a yeah. Layer so we can take of that something. off of the list. <laughs> um, I also think we can take off uh, reckless driving and the old windshield wipers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> although still in, in, important issues in and of themselves. Yeah, and alarming for sure. But if those windshield wipers were better, she might never have stopped at the. Ho- she might have just pushed on. I mean, we could have blamed the horse. rain too, because if it wasn't raining, would she have stopped? That's another big bang. Yeah, maybe yeah, if the wind so, maybe if the windshield wipers were worse, she would have gotten in a little fender bender and never made it to the hotel motel yeah. and then well, survived. This is a the movie that could, wipers are too good. <laughs> yeah. I guess for the time, the, the wipers were too good for her time. Um, okay, so we're not going to blame that. Um, interstate interstate expansion, expansion. I like it. Can go. I'll tell you, though, I I like it because it does, uh, you know, uh, speak to his isolation. Well, it's also like you can sort of broaden that out and say development in general, you know, uh, favors certain areas over others, you know, and I'm sure higher tax paying areas get favored over other lower tax paying areas. So what about expansion and how? Are we treating, you know, how are these decisions getting made? But, you know, I, I, you know, it feels a bit smaller. I I think. Go go ahead, Jack. I I, I would also say that, that similarly, isolation and lack of community are, you know, a way downstream of Norma's parenting. Hmm. I think. Right. Right. Like, uh, they're just less no, potent. The there, abusive parenting or the or Norma mm-hmm. herself 
really is like kind of at the apex of of like all the issues that Norman had. Yeah. Right. You could imagine the internet expands and he had a better parent and who helped foster community still somehow, or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, do, so let's take la- isolation and lack of community off because, off. Uh, because they're, they were brought on by someone versus someone who was looking for a community and just couldn't, you know, have access to one. Right. Right. I mean, she actively made it so that he only had her. Right. Mm. So yeah, those fold into Norma. Norma. Um, uh, The, the 19 homogenous 1950s society. What do we think about that? Man. See, to me, that plays a lot into, I think, a lot of our failures is that we just didn't allow for people to feel free to express themselves. And then when you start to talk about Anthony Perkins's real life and you start to see what he did um, because he felt like such an outsider and because society and the cultural norms were so oppressive, that really mm. makes me upset and it makes me mm. really... Uh, want vengeance against the 1950s. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I just, the, hearing you say it's the first time I realized that, that Norman is that is a play on the word norm. Normal. Oh. Normal. Oh. That, me too. Well, I if mean, you're we're an idiot, all idiots. If you're an idiot, I'm a bigger idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, the norm. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about his, it's fascinating about uh, his, the, 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 casting is that he does look like i mean she is not she was nervous around every other person she came across at since taking that money and then when she saw him she was put it right at ease mm-hmm. like she was not nervous around him even remotely her she calmed down she's like oh i can handle this guy he's just like a normal like nervous guy mm-hmm. charming Very charming you know yeah self-aware whatever anyway um as as serial killers tend to be. <laughs> yes. So I think what we're getting at is like two different approaches on this. One being kind of structural or like um, exterior and one being kind of interior, mm-hmm. right? right. Yeah. Either the exterior elements like the like society and things like that, or it's in, internal elements like the shaping of his personality or or his, 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 you're right, his, his psychological problems. Mm-hmm. Two different approaches. Yeah. And what's going to mean? I personally lean towards the internal. Interesting. When it comes to the act, an act as extreme as murder, especially multiple murders. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I would posit that, that, uh, that no, no external force can turn someone into a murderer. <laughs> whereas internal forces or things that shape your psyche that create your personality, that create your personality well, disorders, or would allow for that kind of thing. Say it, Except, Clay. I, I would say war. It's like an external mm. uh, thing that could happen to you that could turn someone into a, a murderer, right? When you're <laughs> you know what? That's really, that's really true. But my, and I agree, but my counter to that is that when you go into the military, they have to turn you into someone who can kill. Mm. You don't just shit, right? They have to make you psychologically into someone who's capable of doing it. 
Truth. I, I guess I'm thinking it more like what's going on right now. Like if suddenly someone's invade, like if, if it's not like you join the war, but suddenly someone is invading, you have to pr- defend yourself and suddenly mm. you're a, find yourself in a oh, situation where you're like carrying a gun and I guess I'm a murderer. Now I'm going to kill someone. Oh, <laughs> that's wow. a great point. Yeah, no, that's but a great point. We digress. We digress. This we is, digress. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering here what I think we can take going a little mad sometimes off of the list because it felt, it feels like he was going mad. Not sometimes it for yeah. consistently for 10 years. <laughs> Yeah. Right, because yeah, yeah. she's yeah, been no, dead. That's, her mom's that's been dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> Going a little mad sometimes is like is like when Chris breaks his the his cell phone screen. Uh-huh. Yes, he threw it down because he went a little mad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Marion Crane went a little mad. Uh, right, right now. Right, you know, during you know, right. but that's not what was happening with Norman. I don't think. Right. Um. I also. I feel like we could uh, fold lack of mental health resource into the homogenous 1950s society, right? Because sure. that is a, a result mm-hmm. of that type of society. And I guess you can you can fold untreated disassociative identity disorder because that didn't even exist. They didn't even know what that was back then. You can roll that all. You can roll um, that up into mental health resources. or Well, I can roll that oh. up into abusive parenting. Mm. To, to me, I, I think, well, we don't know for sure if this is something he was born with or not, right. or if that's even possible. Um, but I think that that that's kind of a core question is, is where did that come from? Did that right, come from right. Norma's abusive parenting? Well, I don't, I don't think that this is, and, and I don't know this for sure, but I don't think that uh, every, uh, assuming that the, the mental illness only comes from the abusive parenting. Yes. Um, I don't think that, because I I think, you know, it can come from many different things, right? Um, So I I think we can take abusive parenting off and uh, keep Norma on. We can fold that into Norma. Okay. Okay. So we're left with homogenous 1950s society, Norman Bates himself, the mother, Norma Bates, untreated disassociative identity disorder and edible rage wow edible edible arrangements (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah when you have edible rage about your edible arrangements (laughs) yeah you're in trouble norman just had a honeydew melon at the end of a plastic stick i mean might might we even be in this mess well if it's shaped like a flower he might have been happy yeah With a grape in the middle. Um, I, I, I think we have co, uh, co, uh, to me, if I had to narrow it down, okay. I'm going to take a swing. Yeah. Co, co blame Norma and Norman. Wow. Wow. It's a family affair. The whole thing. I mean, so they, they if would we blame really... them and then we slap what? Oh, the God, 50s. wait a second. Just as I say that. Now I feel like maybe I can't blame Norman. I have to blame the disorder. Shit. You know what I mean? Can you blame Norman if he really has a disorder so severe? He didn't want to have this disorder, did he? No. I mean, to me, that speaks to if without the disorder, you don't have the murders, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I don't know. The way the shrink at the end started to talk about it, it was almost as if the disorder developed. Mm. After he murdered his mom, after the yes. 
yes, that's that's the idea. That was his way of coping with the fact that he did murder his mother because he, you know, she was. That's okay. Fascinating. So we can't blame. We can't blame something something that happened after the murder or the first batch of murders. That's fascinating because was the original because that line now rings ex- particularly important, which is going a little mad sometimes. Because if that was what he basically said happened to him when he killed his mother, mm-hmm. then you can then that you can lay that at, at Norman. You can say that Norman is responsible for that murder, that murder. Yes, and if that set off his disorder. Which, if you know, then the disorder was responsible for the other. It was still sort of started with Norman and his going a little mad. Right. So we're back full circle. Back to <laughs> I'd be Norman. comfortable. I'd be comfortable scrapping the disorder just due to the if we if we just go based on the psychiatrist at the end, mm-hmm. the psych assessment, mm-hmm. which which was that the disorder developed post initial tumor. Right. Okay. And we are- so edible rage would be in a chronology before right. this order. So, but I don't think that takes Norma off the off of the table because her the way she raised him didn't help. Led to the, edible, the dynamic edible in which yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So to okay. me, then it goes back to homogenous 1950s. Me society. too. That's why I'm like I'm I'm I go back and forth whether we slap the 50s or we send we send them to the j- jail i feel like it's the perfect petri just dish to create this world in which you can have a oppressive abusive parents yes. who is isolating their child and abusing them which then results in the but then i go suit. back and i'm like not everyone in the 50s murdered people no but a lot of serial killers came out of the 50s That's right true jesus so yeah, again oh, just a little bit of reddit somebody to talk to okay really. we need we need to make a decision <laughs> here yeah taxidermy community <laughs> taxidermy exactly that's right he could have found his people um right. all right we need to come down we need to come down and i think ultimately i do think we need to uh we do need to blame norman i think okay um okay. and we we can do a what we could do is blame norman and slap Norma or we could send Norma as well to jail. I kind of like I kind of like Jack's pitch to send to do them both. Norman and Norma to jail. Uh, yeah, because they do seem to be one, aka Norma Norman. Yeah, I think it, it, it's mm. sort of I mean, yeah. thematically completely. Yeah, yeah. Thematically and they fitting. literally are one. And that right? way, we get to slap the the homogenous 1950s. Yes, okay, I like that. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I'm gonna call it homogenous 1950s society. You're getting the big slap. Norma and Norman, you're going to the alarmist jail. Wow. The whole Bates family is in there. Wow. I feel good about this. Me too. This is usually what happens. You feel good about it and then... Uh, you talk to an expert and you, you <laughs> feel stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we rinse and repeat. We That's wipe right. the That's windows. We, we wipe the rain off the window. And- <laughs> We're just a bad wiper up. over here. <laughs> um, Jack, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for these serial murders that happened at the thank Bates you. Hotel. Motel. Thank you, thank you, thank you you so much. I love the podcast and I love all of you. We love you too, Jack. In the aftermath, following the 1960 release of the film Psycho, 
five subsequent films, and a television series explored the life and psyche of Norman Bates. Psycho became one of the most recognizable films ever made. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Central Park Five. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 